Koinonia, Christian Fellowship, Communion with God and with fellow Christians. Koinonia, an association of people who share common beliefs and activities. This is Koinonia. This is Community. I'm Tom Brown, and your host today, Pastor Mark Buckley. Welcome to Koinonia. This is Mark Buckley from Living Streams. I'm glad to be with you on this beautiful day in the Valley of the Sun. With me in the studio are Billy and Don Claudio. They are the pastors of Oasis in the great North Phoenix area. They love the Lord. They're They've been married for many a years. Their parents, their grandparents, spiritually and natural. Billy and Don, good to have you with me today. Great to be here today. Thank you. Thanks. Um, Billy, well, I want to get this first segment, a little bit of your life story. Where'd you grow up and how'd you get involved in ministry? Well, a little secret note. I was actually born in Chandler, Arizona. A lot of people don't know that because I'm a New Yorker. Um, uh-huh. I, uh, my, my dad was uh, in Air Force training, was a pilot was training here uh, for the Vietnam War um, and just happened around that time that I showed up. So, uh, But I grew up on, on Long Island, New York, and uh, graduated from high school there. Uh, my parents got divorced when I was about 12 years old, so I had a little dysfunction in my family. Um, but part of it I look back now and I see as a shaping of molding of who I was to become. Uh, went to, I had a unique story to get to Bible college. You know, as a young man, I gave my heart to Christ when I was about 12. How, how were you going to church on your own or I wasn't, your you mom? Know, my, or? My, we were raised Catholic, so uh-huh. my mom was, uh, got involved with the charismatic Catholic mm-hmm. movement in Colorado Springs. We were, mm-hmm. before we moved back to New York, we moved around a little bit when my dad was in the military before coming back to New York. And my mom was, uh, got involved with the charismatic Catholic mm-hmm. movement. I remember as a kid, she took us to one of those Bible studies they were going to. And of course, growing up Catholic, you're, right. you know, used to very, uh, you know, strict kind of modes right. of how right. you did what you did in church. And we went to this uh, Bible study and there was a guitar, someone was playing and they were clapping. And uh, I thought it was wild. I was like, wow, this place is crazy. <laughs> but my mom had uh, committed her heart to Christ. And when we moved back to, I'd, we moved back to New York and uh, I was about, uh, 11 or 12, we went to a, a Bible study that was going on. My mom started going to lots of Bible studies in small groups, and we went to one, and a guy was just preaching from Texas. A Texas preacher uh, was uh, kind of preaching in one of these small home meetings. He was preaching like there was a 1,000 of us in there, and right. it was just a couple of us in there. But he was talking out of Isaiah about what Christ had done, um, mm-hmm. you know, paying for our, the price of our sins. And at the end of it, me and my brother Mike, he said, listen, you know, if you want to go to heaven, you need Jesus, and, uh, you know, it's an important decision to make. And me and my brother Mike were like, I want to go to heaven. So yeah. we, uh, at the age of uh, me 12, him 10, uh, gave our hearts to Christ then, and kind of that began my journey. And uh, I was blessed. My mom was pretty disciplined at taking us to church. When I say pretty disciplined, I mean if there was a uh, revival in town and back in the uh, 70s, you know, people would come, and there would be weeks and weeks and weeks of revival uh, and we would go every night. Didn't matter about school. Didn't matter. My mom would really? just take us every night, and and uh, you know, she, if you were tired, she said, "Go to sleep under the chairs." But we were going to be at the meetings that we were going to. And as I reflect back on that, you know, later on in ministry, I realized I, did, I didn't think I was paying a lot of attention to it. Yeah. But as I matured in my faith and began to grow in the Lord, it's amazing how much of that stuck with you. Huh? Yeah. How much I learned that I didn't really understand. I'd learned until I started 
studying and getting into it, and all this stuff was coming back to my mind, and I realized it was because of all those meetings that I went to, not not really wanting to go and kind of being forced to go, but uh, that stuff absorbed into into my heart and my mind, and it became recall for me at uh, later times in my life. But um, I became a follower of Christ and, you know, was uh, kind of inspirational in school, kind of creating Christian clubs and things mm-hmm. like that. And at the age of 18, I have a dad that's a secular man that's striving to get me to go to uh, secular college. I was a you know good student and I got accepted at the University of Buffalo in their engineering course. And mm-hmm. so my mom's, you know, kind of praying and trying to force me to go, oh, you should go into ministry, be a pastor or something like that. And so there's a lot of c- kind of uh, tension. Competing oh, yeah. pressures. So I uh, decided um, to go to the University of Buffalo, and uh, I was up there. This is kind of how the Lord worked in my life. I was up there for about a week and a half. I was eight miles, eight and a half hours from home, first time alone by myself. I'm out on a pickup game of basketball with some guys out uh, on campus, Uh and my first major injury takes place. My guest is Billy Claudio, and Don, his wife, is here. We're going to find out more about their story As we continue, stay tuned. Well, welcome back to Koinonia. I'm Mark Buckley. My guests are Billy and Don Claudio. Um, Billy, we're starting with your testimony, and you had gone up to University of Buffalo, upstate New York. And you playing basketball, and you got injured. Yeah, I uh, first major injury in my li- in, major injury in my life, and I, I twist my ankle. I mean, very severely. I mm-hmm. pulled all the tendons and ligaments in my foot. Didn't break it, but was mm-hmm. immobile. And uh, you know, as a kid does, eighteen years old, you're off alone. You know, right. my phone call. One of my phone calls is to my mother saying, "Mom, I'm hurting bad." And yeah. Um, and you know, I was just really kind of seeking for some compassion from her. Well, what she hears when I call her is, "Mom, come get me." Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so lo and behold, you know, it, it takes her a day, and I don't even know she's on her way. But in, uh-huh. in a day, she's driven all the way up to Buffalo, um, and I see her. And of course, there's something in me that's like, I'm in a, a, a you know, the typical situation. She says, "I'm taking you home." And, uh, you know, I think God's got a different plan for your life. And here mm-hmm. kind of the tension comes in. My dad's gone out of his way to get me into college now right. and worked right. real hard in that process. My mom is now at my doorstep saying, come on with me. And, uh, you know, I, I get in the car and go home. And uh, one week from that period of time, you know, my mom and I were, she was like, well, we got to figure out what you're supposed to do. And uh, the next day after we get home, she says, I feel like we're supposed to go down to Tennessee and go to Bible college. And <laughs> I'm kind of like... Uh, uh, I'm for the ride. <laughs> <laughs> so in one week, my brother's a starting quarterback in our local high school, mm-hmm. uh, and they've really framed the whole football program around him as a you know a first-rate yeah. athlete. Uh, we're moved. My oh brother, my goodness. I have a younger brother that's 16 at the time, another younger brother that's nine at the time, and we are in a car. And they're mad at you. Oh probably. yeah, <laughs> really not, mad. Not just my brother. This, uh-huh. The town we grew up in. <laughs> They're all They're mad. They're all mad. And again, not, not so much me, but at yeah. my mother. But it, it, we end up going down to Tennessee to uh, Bible College, in a place called New Life Bible College in Cleveland, Tennessee. And uh, Was that part of the Church of God or anything? It was not. The uh, Church of God's in the same town. It was uh-huh. Nor- Norval Hayes was the uh, okay. founder of that ministry. and uh, But it, for me, it was the it was probably one of the, you know, I know it was a really strange and crazy way they got me down there, but it was the genesis of what was to be because while I was in Bible college I became a, a part of a ministry that we started there called the New Life Drama Company mm-hmm. and we started uh, writing sketches and, and, and 
performing sketches for our classmates and for the local church in the town there. Then we got invited to go to a another church to do some you know drama presentation, then another, then another. And when we were graduating from school, me and my classmates were like, wow, what are we going to do now we're finished? And we're like, hey, why don't we travel for the summer and uh, just go to your drama team. Yeah, just do a drama team for the summer. So we pulled our money together, put a couple of vehicles together, and kind of had the idea, if this doesn't work, we'll just... Uh, you know, we'll throw, get a job. We'll go right. get a job. We'll, no, we were going to do peanut butter in, in, in the parks. You'll do, you know, just try to raise money to stay going for the summer. Well, the first event we went to was God just moved in a, just a powerful way. Um, and we had probably, it was a convention, and they invited us to do something at the convention. And from that convention, we had 20, 30 pastors that tried, were getting us to want us to come to their churches. And then it, it just kind of spiraled down his own mode of just church after church. And we went from one team to two teams to three teams traveling full-time around the country doing Christian theater uh, in churches. What years were those? That was 1983 was the beginning Mm -hmm. of when we started uh, that ministry. And uh, the neat thing is is that in the 30-some years that uh, that happened, I was a part of that ministry for 13 years, got into the pastorate, moved to South Carolina, then came out and planted the church in Arizona. And the Lord saw fit to... uh, Two and a half years ago, that uh, I, I took charge of the New Life Drama Company, brought them out to Arizona, and and uh, they've been going for that period of time. And it was just kind of God's design to for me to get back involved and engage. And now I help raise up young people that continue to travel around doing ministry through theater uh, in uh, churches, really any place that'll have them. But it's a really powerful ministry. We actually we had the the drama company at our church this weekend, and it was really a special event. So wonderful, wonderful, Don Claudio, um, you somehow got. Uh involved with this guy over to your right. Tell us your story. How did you start following the Lord? And then tell us how you met Billy. Well, I was raised in a um, Pentecostal Mm -hmm. church. And so I really learned a lot about how to have a relationship with the Lord and be in the presence of God. But there was also a lot of legalism Mm -hmm. um, that I wasn't real keen on, even as a child. So I, I really got saved when I was about seven years old. And love the Lord. I actually preached my first sermon when I was like ten at Did a you church. Really? Yeah. Wow. And was Sunday night service or Wednesday night or something? It was a small little church in wow. our town, and my mom had a connection with the pastor, and they had me come. They they actually took up an offering for me, and it was like really? thirteen dollars. And wow. one girl got saved, and wow, I had a word of knowledge awesome. for a woman. I remember it vividly. And you were ten years old. Thirteen dollars—that's mm-hmm. big time I know. money. <laughs> and I <laughs> preached. I get on a regular basis. <laughs> <laughs> and I preached on Revelation, so uh-huh. I don't think I want to do that today. But at ten, I felt qualified. <laughs> <laughs> so, but anyway, so I did love the Lord, had a wonderful relationship, and then. Uh, Due to just some dysfunctionality, probably in my own home uh, and hanging out with the wrong people, started getting led astray and kind of being dis, uh, disinterested in the legal part of yeah. of what I was taught in Christianity and my walk with God. I felt I could never do it. So. By legalism, what was it that really seemed to squelch your faith? What what part? Everyone had to be perfect. Like the even the legalistic part was like women couldn't wear makeup, pants, jewelry, cut their hair. Mm-hmm. Um, you couldn't swear, drink, or you can't swear in that church. Swear in that church. We have Don't lots worry, of she's free from that. that right? no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm over that now. No, I'm just <laughs> Um, but uh, just the pressure, it, yeah, it yeah. seemed. Not that they it's the outward that. signs. The Obviously, outward when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you don't want to swear, mm-hmm. you don't want to get drunk. But right. the thing is, when there's too many outward signs and they don't focus on the grace of God, then 
It does feel like people are in jail, huh? Yeah, and it just felt like you couldn't live up to it. So therefore, right. why try? So right. that kind of at about 11, 12 years old became my mentality. Mm-hmm. And then um, uh, so I, I kind of went my own way and started partying. So I like to call my 12 to 16-year-old years my college years because mm-hmm. I was behaving As more if, like a yeah. college student than a young lady. So... Um, but then ironically at 13, my mother and I drove to Tennessee and we actually attended the convention that Billy referred to. Are you kidding? Mm-mm. Cause we were raised Pentecostal. When you were mom. 13 years old? Yeah. 13. And I was struck with love to Jesus and to Billy at <laughs> that convention. So that is, that's funny. Cause it was the first, that was the, the convention. We got all those initial bookings from our, yeah. like our first place. Yeah. It's kind of interesting that she was actually. What there was the, what? What group was it? What kind of convention was it? Normal Hayes put it on with okay. a kind of speakers, sort of like a camp meeting. Yeah, kind it was of a camp thing? meeting kind of thing. They had a couple thousand people that were there in, in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Wow, that's really neat. And so you guys met. How did you meet? Was he doing some event there, or he was doing the drama? Huh? The drama company had offered to Norval and his ministry to come and serve. Yeah. Right. As Bible school graduates, they right. said, we'll go serve and do youth, do children, uh-huh. usher, whatever. So they were kind of overseeing the youth, which I was attending. And uh-huh. so, I mean, and then they were on stage and I don't know, they just really had favor on them in all kinds of ways. And yeah. so for me, I just, I don't know, it, was, it really was love at first sight. And so to the point that like I bought a hat when my mother and I went to Disney World after that trip. Like uh-huh. like the one that he had worn at the convention, uh-huh. so I was smitten. But oddly enough, my uh, so then we left that convention. I was still on the fence with my walk with God, just mm-hmm. trying to sort all that out, develop my yeah. my walk with the Lord, and then still wanting to party at the same time. So, but my older siblings, I have three older siblings who all went to that Bible college mm-hmm. Billy went to, and then they joined the drama company. Really? Yeah. So over those couple of years, I had a connection with Billy, and I was like, oh, does he remember me? I was at the convention. <laughs> yeah. and, so we call that stalking today. I, <laughs> <laughs> I was a young stalker. And then at 15, uh, my mother well, and I— Well, then you were old and mature by 15. Yes, I was pretty much, you know, <laughs> had the world by the tail. And my mother wanted to go visit my siblings, so we uh. took a trip to Tennessee, and, and uh, we went to church— and the pastor spoke on the backslidden heart, just the person really? who had once known the Lord but had turned away to their own. And I was that was on, you, huh? That was me, just talking right to me. And I, I didn't want to get up and go to the altar mm-hmm. for some reason, but I did sit on the back row and at that moment committed my life to God. And so my mom was as crazy as Billy's mom. Mm-hmm. And so on the way home, I said, "Wow, I would be open to moving to Tennessee because she had been really wanting mm-hmm. to do that." But I was like a cheerleader and right. secretary of my freshman class, and I didn't want to leave. But when I committed my life to Christ, I was like, "I need a different environment." Yeah. And so that was like on a Sunday night. We were moved by Thursday. Are you kidding? Yeah. So we moved to Tennessee, and then it's a. And long how many story. kids were in your family? I'm the baby of four. Wow. And yeah. they all moved or how many moved? They, it was just me and my mother because the other three point, were already there. They were gone, there. yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a little bit of an age difference there. So um, so we went there. And then long story short, I um, eventually joined the drama company. Billy and I, when I became legal, when mm-hmm. I turned 18, he got interested. <laughs> and then the rest is history, as they say. It's been a good history, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it's really unfortunate. neat. So what... I mean, that had to be a challenging time for you because she was pretty young. And at what point were you interested in Dawn? 
Actually, not till she was eighteen. She's I had I had I was uh, actually engaged when she came out uh -huh. to somebody else, and and uh, and after that had broken off. Um, okay, so I'm, we got to tell our listeners they can't tell this story to anybody. If you continue, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> uh, it was uh, you know she was a, a part of the team. She had traveled on the road, and uh -huh. she actually we needed to we needed someone to come back from off the road traveling to come do some work at the offices. And because I was so sharp, she was yeah. very sharp. <laughs> Really, she's uh, you know she's a very sharp cookie. So we was like, if we can bring Dawn back, that'd be great. And when she came back, um, you know, the Lord just worked it out to to do something in my heart toward her, which was an answer, you know, to her yeah. prayer. She'd been longing to have that, and um, it just God worked it out. And I look back and I go, I'm so thankful yeah. that God made it work out because uh, she truly is the apple of my eye. And, and uh, Proverbs 31, woman at the highest level, she's a blessing. You know. Um we're going to continue the story, but I'll just throw you this one little tidbit. When I first got interested in Christina, she was engaged to somebody else, too. People say, well, what difference does it make if you're just engaged? It makes a big difference between marriage and engagement. I'm Mark Buckley from Living Streams. I'm talking to my friends Billy and, um, and Don Claudio. Billy and what's her name? And we're going to <laughs> continue this one. conversation right after these messages. <laughs> All right, my guests are Billy and Don Claudio. I'm Mark Buckley from Living Streams. They pastor Oasis, one of the great churches in the valley here. Um, you know, when Christina and I tell our story, sometimes she's got some details I don't and vice versa. Anything we've missed so far? Well, just the thing that was interesting was because I was so young and Billy was already sold out to the Lord, he really was a mentor for me during my, you know, 15 to 18 years, mm -hmm. 15 years old to 18 years old. He was kind of a mentor to me. So even though I was madly in love with him, to him, I was just this crazy wild kid who needed the yeah, Lord. So yeah. <laughs> he's well, still mentoring me to this day. <laughs> really, you got you, you missed a few things. I, can tell you <laughs> I married. Oh, I started dating Christina when she was 17, and we married when she was 19. I was 23, but I felt like an old 23, you know, really, really old. Look I, at, I felt like an immature 24-year-old, so really? no, yeah. <laughs> Well, you've always been more humble, you know. <laughs> you've got more to be humble about, I think. <laughs> um, so you guys were on the road as a married couple. Yeah, when we got married, I, we, I was a VP of the New Life Drama Company, and Dawn was, uh, when we got married, she was serving in leadership as well. And then we still continued to kind of work with the drama company after we got married, but um, obviously kind of beginning to create our own way. We began to go on the field doing ministry. Mm -hmm. Dawn's obvious, a beautiful psalmist. She's, she plays and sings awesome, and uh, we, we use theater singing and then we do kind of evangelistic crusades we go into a church and um, you'd preach as well then I'd preach as well yeah both mm -hmm. of us would she's a very gifted speaker and um 
and we and just began to do. He spoke too. Yeah. I did. We we began to do kind of re, like revival services, and man, mm-hmm. we just saw the outpouring of God in so many different ways. But it did create some unique challenges because we uh, we were going to wait a couple years to have our first, and uh, someone gave some Don some bad information about uh, birth control, and it wasn't too long. We didn't <laughs> have the internet back then for me to verify. Yeah. <laughs> So it didn't take long for about a year and a half after we were married, we had our first child. And, mm-hmm. uh, and of course, we loved it. We both loved being parents, but mm-hmm. it created some unique challenges on the road, having tra- kids traveling with us. Because honestly, this is the truth, is the way we planned was not with a lot of wisdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, we basically planned a couple weeks for uh, giving, having a child and back mm-hmm. on the road we were right. going. <laughs> uh, but that's the kind of, you know, honestly, Dawn's just an incredible woman. She was never thought twice about it. When it wasn't long after I had the baby, we were just back going again and doing ministry and, and uh, having our kids uh, go through the process uh, with us. And it was obviously some very positive things with it. We were with our kids all the time, and mm-hmm. we enjoyed that. But there was the obviously the challenges as well as that our kids were with us all the time. So right. <laughs> Potty training your son in the van is not a fun right. experience. Right. <laughs> no, well, when we got married, we had six guys living with us. And so we had them join us on the second week of our honeymoon because we thought we we're all going to be living together anyway. Wow. And, um, it's a miracle that our marriage survived, yeah. you know. I, but I married a woman who didn't have a lot of expectations in terms <laughs> of owning her own home and having nice clothes. And she j- loved Jesus and she loved me. And that was what was important because I took advantage of every house of it. Well, that was true with, you know, honestly, that was true with Dawn, too. It's like, we just, uh, I, this is what I still love about us is we still just want to be together. You know, that yeah. was the most important thing to us. We were serving God together and whatever that looked like was okay. And, yeah. you know, if it was a great day and we had plenty, that's awesome. If it was a bad day, we didn't have much, that was okay too. So I feel um, the heart that she brought and that both of us brought was helped us in the functionality of our relationship. And it's kind of always been a, um, a kind of a component is it doesn't matter what we're going through as long as we've connected to one another and we're committed to one another then we're gonna we're gonna make it okay so so tell us about finances because um obviously you didn't have a lot when you got married and you learned that god provides and you learned to trust god and you're you've become a generous giver to give us some of your experience along those lines well you know i have to say you know my mom was uh i learned a lot from my mother just about faithfulness when my parents got divorced my dad um didn't do a really great job at providing for our family. And I got to watch my mom teach us really through circumstance and through letting us be a part of the story of that God's going to come through no matter what. And mm-hmm. it might not be what you want, but it will be what you need. Yeah. And uh, I just brought that into my adult life. I was a, I've been a tither my whole life. I've never thought once about not giving a portion of what God gave me back to him. And uh, so it, it positioned me in my heart and my mind to always have a confidence that God was going to take care of what our needs were. And you know, maybe Don can tell you a little bit. I never, I never ever worried ever. And you know, it was tough sometimes. It was tight sometimes. But it because I never worried. It was like it's all right. It's you know, this is where we are, and it's, and it's a good place. We were living the dream, but we and you know, and we both. And the uh, dream is just to follow Jesus the dream and let was him serve use you. Serving the huh? Lord, we were yeah. wanting to impact God's kingdom, and like He said, be together, and mm-hmm. even being together with our kids, like we just loved it. It was just our calling mm-hmm. for our family. Um, but like when we first got married, we made. Well, he made, I think, $125 a week, and I made nothing. Oh, yeah. I was getting 300 a month, man. Oh. You guys were in Fat <laughs> See? City. Living the dream. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, that, but that was both of us working mm. probably 80 hours a week 
um, well, just, that's not, it was, you know, we were doing it out of heart. It wasn't yeah, because someone was we were doing it for nature. Menace. Anyway, so we traveled on the road. We just did love offerings. We didn't want our lives to be about money, and we really trusted the Lord. And I remember we went to a um, a service, in, a, a week-long commitment in Florida, and we were doing Sunday morning sessions with the people talking about door-to-door witnessing, which yeah. we don't do much anymore. Well, Sunday morning, it's just weekday mornings. Weekday mornings. Mm-hmm. So the whole week we were there every morning teaching, every afternoon taking them out for like door-to-door evangelism, and then in the evenings we would do services. Mm -hmm. And we did that for seven days, and at the end, after everyone had been dismissed, the pastor was kind of like, oh, if you want to bless this couple, like somebody throw a basket back there. And So after that week, they gave us, I think, $15 in the offering or something. (laughs) That's what I got, or 10 you know. (laughs) And so um, we were just like, I was a little upset. And Billy's like, Dawn, the Lord is our provider, not this church, not... Yeah. Not people, not man, but God. And so the, a week later, I mean, God just supernaturally moved and, and blessed us. And so we've just always known God. Well, the story of blessing, of this is so we go to, a, there's a conference. This is in Florida. We go to a conference in Florida. We know the people that are heading up the conference. And we are in this service, and uh, as actually a Norval Hayes conference, and he was teaching, and he was taking up an offering, which he was well-known to do a few times. Um, and he One said, term. if you love the Lord, I want you to give in, in, in accordance with how you love the Lord. And at this time, we have no money. Like, mm-hmm. I think I had $11 in my purse and some change. So, I mean, really, we're on the road, no money. And uh, I'm, I, I, I show up there. I'm like, we're helping the conference. I'm like, I'll just stand in the back and help usher, do just some right. things to help out. And uh, when he says we're going to take up this offering, he says, just give because you love the Lord. And all of a sudden, I hear this, this noise coming from the front. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, what in the world? And I hear it again. I'm like, oh boy, we got a crazy person in here. Uh, this kind of going a little, little, little off the wall here. And I kind of get myself positioned to so do this, and I notice it's, it's my wife, Dawn, <laughs> making this <laughs> I'm noise. The crazy person. And I'm like, what in the world is going on? And what I don't know, and I find out later on, is that when she started kind of going before the Lord, saying, Lord, you know, how much do I love you? Well, I, you know, we're going to give an offering here. I, she first grabbed a little bit out of you, you maybe. I, well, I, I knew we had like just a little bit of money. What was in my purse was what we had and to our had name. Kids. And we had uh, both our sons, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they were young, quite young. And um, so I'm like, okay, well, anything's a sacrifice at this mm-hmm. point. So I'm thinking of the widow with the might, you know, yeah. oh, change is good. And then yeah. I'm like, no, I'll give the dollar and the change. And I'm like, I remembered someone said, give the biggest bill in your wallet. So I was like, okay, I'll keep the dollar and the change and give the 10, you know, like uh-huh, it doesn't make right. sense, but I was trying to sort through right. our money. And um, then I was like, no, the woman with the widow's might gave all she had. So now I'm like digging for every penny out of my purse, uh-huh. the whole $11 and change. But as I'm doing that, like the spirit of the Lord comes on me heavy and I'm trying not to cry. Really? So holding it in was worse because I start making these weird, you know i'm trying to hold this heavy cry in anyways at the end of it like the the man who was leading the conference knew us and so he's like i don't know what the lord's doing but you know anyway so the lord kind of moved in his heart i ended up preaching that he night. had to come up he said you know what i don't know what the lord's doing but i want you to come up and he just he had her preach and after this and you got to know we like so we're just there to serve we're not there yeah. to do anything we're yeah. just there she she ministers the word and he's like you know what i feel like we're just supposed to bless this couple and and they take up an offering for us and it was 
uh, enough to sustain us for you know the next month. It was a it was it one of those up, miracles. And it, that was the week after the fifteen dollar offering. Yeah, for we had a left the fifteen dollar offering and came to that. Yeah. So part you know part of our offer, what was in my purse was that offering. You know, yeah. so we gave it all to the Lord. So. Oh, that's awesome. And that's he's just been, always beautiful. been faithful. Always, always. I had I was at a meeting. It was a Charles and Francis Hunter meeting one time and. And uh, they gave one of those offerings where they said, well, whatever you give, you know, you'll get back a hundredfold. And, and so all the money I had in my wallet was five bucks. And that was just about all the money I had. And uh, we were living in a discipleship house and I'm married. And, and I, I don't know if we had one or two kids at the time, but I, I give the five dollars. And right afterwards, I thought I heard a voice. And you know what it said? Sucker. <laughs> and I, and I gave, had, the $5 was gone, and I realized the scripture does not promise that you'll get a hundredfold in terms of money. It says, you know, if you leave houses, brothers, mothers, sisters, lands for my name's sake, you'll receive a hundredfold with persecutions in this life and everlasting life in the world to come. So they, people sort of had twisted that in terms of giving but that next week when i was completely broke i went to our mailbox and there was an envelope addressed to me with no return address with five dollars in it and i was in those days you could get a full tank of gas for five dollars so i got gas what days were was that mark this, this was the I 70s. remember those days uh, this was the 70s you you hadn't hit the road yet yeah. <laughs> there were some of us still serving you know <laughs> And then the next week, again, there was another $5. And it happened week after week. So that even though we had no extra, we always had enough. And that's what I realized God was going to do. He was always going to give us, like you said earlier, not exactly what you want, but all that you need. We all, sometimes we ate rice three times a day, but we always had enough to eat. And... Um, that's where we learn the faithfulness of God. Now that we have an abundance, I probably worry more about money now that we have money <laughs> than I ever did when we didn't have any money. Yeah. Yeah. My guests are Billy and Don Claudio from Oasis and uh, one of the great churches here in the Valley. We're going to continue this discussion in a moment. I'm Mark Buckley from Living Streams. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Well, we're glad to have you back to uh, Koinonia. I'm staying stay tuned because I'm uh, sometimes coming and going at the same time. My guests are Billy and Don Claudio, and uh, they're dear friends. You guys have a pretty neat story about Oasis, too, and uh, ties into our story at Living Streams a little bit because the people that we bought 
uh, our first building from ended up going and building your building with our money, and then they gave it to you, right? <laughs> yeah, Tell us that, that story. It's pretty neat. Uh, uh, we came out and planted Oasis Community Church. Don and I were serving in a church in South Carolina. Uh, what was your role in South Carolina? Associate pastor, and uh, specifically I did. Uh, I was leading a Bible college and heading up the young adult ministry and youth ministry. So. And I did the worship ministry and then helped him. And set up chairs and songbooks oh, and everything, whatever, whatever needed to be whatever done. Whatever the pastors needed. Well, this is our yeah. mode. Is you know, to me, this is uh, Christianity one on one. Is that uh, you know, we serve the kingdom, and uh, mm-hmm. wherever I go, you know, I always I try to teach the young people that are become a part of the New Life Trauma Company. I say, listen, we might not be able to do a lot of things great. But there's one thing that I want to be the greatest at, and that's serve. I just want to, mm-hmm. whenever you show up somewhere, I just want us to be the best servants we possibly can be because. Mm-hmm. That matters a ton. I've got uh, an attorney in our church, very successful, um, influential attorney, and uh, every service, every Sunday he comes, and he knows I get there very early. He brings me a biscuit, uh, puts it on my desk because he thinks I want something to eat, and sometimes he's right. But he comes in, and he uh, he just says, man, what needs to be done? What can I do? And he, of course, finds because, you know, he looks around and figures some things out, but his mode and just the way he gives himself to the kingdom and to the church to say, man, I just... I might not do a lot, but I'm going to make sure that I serve at the highest level possible. What needs to be done, I'm going to make sure that it gets done. I'm not going to complain about something. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do something. And that really uh, it means a lot. So um, just talking about servanthood. So anyway, back to the church. We came out uh, in 2001 and planted a church here in Arizona. Don and I didn't know anybody. We Why did you make the move? What what prompted you? Did you have trouble back there? No, it was interesting. We were in a staff meeting mm-hmm. in uh, uh in our in Arizona and uh, no, South, Carolina. South excuse me South Carolina and a lady had come to the staff meeting that actually lives in Tucson and she was talking about prayer mm-hmm. she said you know the value of prayer and she says listen when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to pray for something mm-hmm. that's when you should pray because that's why the Holy Spirit's come on you right. it wasn't for another time it's for right now so when you feel the unction to pray for yeah something, yeah there's a lot to be said you know we have a tendency to tell people re, you know you got to study the Bible every day you got to pray and, and all that but there really is something about cooperating with the Holy Spirit yes. at a particular point huh and this was her point she said she would drive up and she said for instance and she used this for instance she said when I every time I drive up through the Scottsdale area I just get this burden to pray for a great church and I just start to pray and so like that's so she was saying that's what you need to do whenever you feel something pray right mm-hmm. then and you could have taken those words from her lips and just thrown them inside my spirit because when she said that something just came Started. alive in my spirit and Dawn was in the meeting as well and when we left I was like Dawn you know when when she said this something happened inside of me and Dawn got these big wide eyes and said me too I had the really? exact same experience like as soon as she said that I was like Wow. Oh my, I think that like we're supposed to go do that. So yeah. it, was, it was just so the Lord. We left that meeting and started praying about it and it wasn't too long. We said, well, we need to go talk to our pastor and tell him what our dream is and what we feel like the Lord's speaking. And he said, you know, if that's what the Lord wants you to do, then any way we can help you to make that happen. And so nine months later, we were in a U-Haul driving here to Arizona to plant mm-hmm. a church with, uh, with uh, not knowing anybody, but the Lord was faithful. Not knowing anybody. No. Mm-hmm. That lady actually that was uh, speaking at that staff meeting was from Tucson, Arizona, and her son pastors a church there. And so um, we called her and said, hey, when you said that in the staff meeting, like, you know. Well, here we are. Yeah. (laughs) Well, before we moved, and she said, why don't you come out, meet my son, Uh and at least you'll have someone that you're connected with that you're at least familiar with. So we came out, met him. And then he invited us to come to Tucson first, and he said, well, our church will take care of your first six months' rent, which we had no provision here. We had a little bit of savings. So yeah. 
to us, I was like, okay, well, the Lord's providing to at least get us out here. And mm-hmm. so we did that. And then... The so you moved to Tucson for the first six months? No, not... It ended up being three. It ended uh-huh. up being three months, but we would come up here every week to yeah, the Phoenix scout area out the land and, and pray and just say, we're yeah. here, Lord. Like, what do yeah. you want us to do now? And um, we... Our, some friends who used to travel in this area said, hey, there used to be a church. They're not there anymore. Maybe you could use that building. So mm-hmm. we ended up going. It was now a residence that someone lived in. It was no longer mm-hmm. a church. But we c- connected with them. Long story short, we connected with them. And they brought another couple that we came and prayed together every week. Then that couple said, we have a house that's vacant. We would like to offer it to you guys for free. Wow. For six months, and then the six months after that, just five hundred dollars a month. Four wow. bedroom house here, in, you know, in Scottsdale areas, you know, a gift from God. Yeah, so provision our, after provision was uh-huh. God's sign. So we told the pastor in Tucson, Bruce Brock. He's a dear friend of ours, and he's, you know, we Faith said community church. We said, um, you know, we feel like this opportunity's opened, you know, but we don't want to like miff right. on our commitment with you. And he said, well, it sounds like God wants you up there sooner than we do but you know we'll bless you so we moved up here and then looked for a place to meet we ended up renting the auditorium at north ranch elementary school and then do you want to continue go ahead billy well just uh, the the the, it's actually right before uh, september 9th 2011 was our first service Mm -hmm. which is right before obviously the september 11th tragedy um, but through the tragedy, through the difficulty uh, of uh, that circumstance, you know, there a lot of people were seeking and trying to discover. So answers. how did you make yourselves known? Did you do any evangelism? You... We did. Uh, we actually did a door-to-door surveying. You know, mm-hmm. we found one of the first things we found out in the area we lived in, uh, you know, because we were trying to discover, you know, what are people's needs. And yeah. I found out one thing that people need did Jesus. not want. <laughs> they don't want you to knock on their door. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that was our surveys. The biggest thing we discovered is they do not want you talking to them. So, whereas back east in the south, you knock on their door, they invite like you in for friendly, tea yeah. and coffee, cookies. So we just did flyers and and started yeah. having weekly weekend meetings and uh, you know one thing one weekend to the next and started building and and uh, we were about two and a half three years into it in this uh, church you're talking about uh, the. Uh, Were you able to do it full-time, or do you get some side jobs and it's, stuff? It's interesting you mentioned that. we uh, Actually, I worked full-time as my side job was uh, I, one of the guys that we connected with when we first moved up here was uh, had a window-washing business, and uh-huh. I'm like, listen, I need to make $100 a day. If I can make $100 a day, I can I can take care of my family and continue. Yeah. Well, can I just say, too, we had only done ministry, you know, right. our whole lives. So you didn't and, have a resume of work no, experience. We didn't have a, you know, career path or anything. Yeah. We were ministers, and so right. we had to find something to pay our bills while we were trying to get the church mm-hmm. off the ground. So the, the, the very fortunate, you know, he trained me in that field of, of work. and I worked Extensive for, training in window washing. Yes, yes. window There's washing. There's an art to it. <laughs> pressure washing. He had a pressure washing company as well. So, And actually, the truth is, is that Dawn joined in with me not too long into it because she knew if she came out and helped me that I'd be able to get done in less time. And get home earlier. And get home earlier, and we'd be able to work yeah. on church functionality. So, uh, And during, during the period of time where we were doing um, pressure washing, mm-hmm. which was at nighttime, we'd go and, you know, 12 o'clock at night, go work for three or four hours. She'd come with me. We'd have the kids in the van. And they would sleep in the van. Sleep in the <laughs> van. And we were, so for the first two and a half, three years of ministry, we were actually Why did you do it at 12 o'clock at night? Because that's when the jobs were. You couldn't do pressure washing. Oh, like you'd be blowing off stuff yes. off the... Yeah driveways or the sidewalks all yeah, that yeah, kind of yeah. Stuff. Yeah. building complexes right, so right. we would do that basically kind of like a few hours on third shift and then we'd have to be up early to do window washing mm-hmm. so we were tired like we were doing whatever it took to make it work yeah. i mean and that 
That's an awesome story because one of my dear friends who's got a great ministry, Travis Turner, um, when, when he was down, he was literally pulling weeds in our church lot. And he had graduated from University of Nebraska. He'd been a quarterback. He'd been a star. We know uh, him, actually. Yeah, yeah. Great guy. A lot of people do, and he's a great guy. But he was delivering pizzas, you know what I mean? And it, it was all kind whatever it takes to provide for your family. And that's part of your story. It's part of your legacy. It's part of who you are in Christ. Well, hard work is, to me, you know, this is... Uh, there's no excuse not to work hard, whatever it is that you're called to do. And though we were called to ministry, to be able to minister well, we had to work hard on, on, on a secondary thing to provide mm-hmm. us the ability to work hard uh, in the ministry that we wanted. And to me, God honors that. And I, just in the part of our story and our faithfulness to work hard, the provision of the pa- one pastor in Tucson that said, hey, we'll give you rent free. That was yeah. We didn't ask for that. That was God's gift. The house, the first house we had here mm-hmm. in Phoenix was God's gift. And then move it a couple of years down the road. Here we've been working really hard for... Uh, a, a couple years, bivocational, and three this, and a half years to be exact. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the the church had made a pact with me. They said they were trying to buy days of my time back, and at this stage, mm-hmm. I was our actually church. our church oh, was, yeah. was buying. And you had about how many people? Twenty five, thirty, forty. At that time, we had about a hundred. Probably this at the time, about four years in the church, we had about one hundred and twenty. Well, that's great. Mm-hmm. So we were, uh, you know, they the church had bought a a day or a day and a half of my time back mm-hmm. that I had basically been able to commit to it. And this is when the uh, the property on 56th Street, uh, uh-huh. there was a pastor that was uh, leading a Friendship Community Church. And yeah, there was American a, Baptist yeah, Church. Yeah, American Baptist Church at the time, and there was a, he was an interim pastor, mm-hmm. and my kids were going to a, a charter school that was on that campus. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, let me go meet the pastor, and yeah. you know, kind of just, you know, we're both kind of laboring together just to build a relationship. We can pray for one another. So I've begun that relationship with him, and uh, he, the Lord put him on my heart one day, and I'm like, I just want to call him, see how things are going. So I called him up, and in my conversation, and he doesn't know this, but as our church, our leadership team, we were like, man, we've we've been in the schools now. We, we've got to find a location. Mm-hmm. It's time to do it. And so we're really seeking God, and the rents are $10,000 for anything right. that could set, facilitate a size of ours. And I was like, wow, how are you going to make this happen, Lord? And he called, when I called him, he, said, he in the conversation, says, Billy, have you ever considered, like, a merge and I'm like, uh, no, I, I haven't. I've You're been, building in people with our <laughs> building. And... I've been like, just I've been praying for success yeah. for you as well as, yeah. well as I probably you for me. But uh, we entered into a conversation, and uh, the Lord facilitated. And, and this was the difficult thing for me because I knew what a merge would look like for me. I wasn't really interested in the property. I was interested in the vision that God had given Oasis Community Church. Yeah. And so. Yeah. You know, merge really is kind of— You're not going to compromise the vision. You can't. So I felt when I I shared with him, you know, I came to him and said, listen, we can't sacrifice what God has done with this vision here, and if we have to do that, then this probably won't work. Yeah. Um, And this is not to spur on you. I just want to do the will of God. So I guess I'll I'll finish it with that. And you have integrity. You had to tell him that. Otherwise, uh, you would have never had a clear conscience. It was supernatural. Listen, it came that we merged. They they basically handed the property over to us with just a few hundred thousand dollars in debt, and it was it's just been, been an amazing been story. We've expanded spot. since then, and God's done some tremendous things. My guests are Billy and Don Claudio. We're going to wrap up this interview when we come back in just a moment. I'm Mark Buckley from Living Streams. Thanks for being with us. Stay tuned.
much time have we got, Mark? Three minutes. Welcome back. Um, Billy and Don, you guys are pastoring Oasis. So it's a great church. We've been able to work together with our churches, cooperate in retreats and covenant groups and, and learning how to love one another and encourage one another. Tell people how to reach Oasis if they want to attend. Well, a simple way is uh, we have a website, occphx.com and, uh, or .org. Uh, you can find out all the information you want about uh, our service times, about the things that are going on. You can actually look at uh, our sermons that we do each weekend video-wise. Um, and we're at 56th Street, just south of Greenway, uh, not too far from Horizon High School. So um, that's the easiest way. Phone number 602-494-9557. And uh, if you're anybody's interested, Drama Company, we have uh, this drama ministry that travels all around the country. It's called the New Life Drama Company. You can find them at NLDC.com, New Life Drama Company, NLDC.com. And, uh, and service times on Sunday morning? 9 and 1045. 9 and 1045. And I would say we just celebrated our 15th year anniversary in September. The church did. so. Congratulations. Yeah, so it's a, uh, I think uh, what we're known for is just being real and raw and family oriented yeah, so yeah. we accept anybody they can come as they are and let the lord uh, meet them there and work with them and our heart is to help people to our yeah. motto is loving god loving life and loving people amen and that is a blessing that's that's what you guys remind me of you're living it out you're sharing your faith you're willing to open your hearts and your home and and uh i commend you for that your website one more time uh, it is uh, occphx.com. Occphx.com. Or if you want to visit us at Living Streams, livingstreams.org. Um, come by at the real holy times if you slept in a little and missed their Hey, services. I want to say, Mark, uh, 9, what a blessing it is to have you uh, in our lives. You know, Mark's a great mentor for many ministers in the Valley. He means a lot to all of us in uh um, you, you mean a lot to our family, so thank you for being uh, the kind man that you are and the godly man that you are. It means a lot to us. Thanks, Billy. Living Streams is a great church, too. So Thank you, Don. God bless you guys, and thanks for with, being with us today. Uh, wherever you serve God, do it with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your brothers and sisters. You'll never regret it. God bless you. Mm -hmm.